everybody. Welcome. And thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. You know, you guys send us questions all the time. Most of them are about your relationship, which is cool. We love hearing from you and we love answering your questions. Today, though, we're answering one that was about what is it like to be a marriage therapist? How do you get into the business? What does it mean to be a good marriage therapist? How do you differentiate from other types of therapies? It was actually really fun and clever to talk about and talk through. Before we get to that, though, I do want to, uh, A, thank those of you who have left positive reviews for Marriage Therapy Radio, and B, ask some of you, about 480 of you, to stop what you're doing right now, go over to Apple Podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. It would just really help us keep the lights on here at Marriage Therapy Radio. Another way to do that is to support our sponsors. The podcast, of course, is free, so when you support our sponsors, it's a great way to support us. The sponsor for today is Factor Meals. I've really enjoyed ordering from them. I think you will too. I've been learning about food and how to eat differently, and it's actually been really helpful and really educational. So I'd encourage you to check them out. And so again, I'll just say thank you very much. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I won't stop twitching. Do you ever get a twitchy eye? I literally, this is deja vu. We started another podcast where you were asking me about, do you ever get a twitchy eye? And I said, no, it's my arm. I don't remember that. Yeah. I have a very maybe short it's memory. A, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a sign of something else, like early onset memory loss or something. Let's just load that on. I don't on know. You're plate. the one who keeps repeating about your twitchy well, eye. Well, it's annoying. It's it's one of those things that, you know, you're it's like a chipped tooth. Like you always run your finger al- or your, your tongue al- across your chipped tooth and like my twitchy mm-hmm. eye it doesn't stay open for very long before it starts doing this little flutter thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's stress related. Side note, Mm -hmm. I had the best, it just made me smile so hard because I told an embarrassing story about my uh, OBGYN in the last episode and I got a text message from one of my training buddies whom you have met. I'll call her Ellie Eliopoulos, first and last name because she listens to the podcast and I've told her several times not to listen to the podcast because it's embarrassing, but if she's going to do it, I'm going to call her out. She text messaged me and she was like, you guys have to listen to the first 10 minutes of this marriage therapy radio episode it's hilarious and it just it actually made me feel really good because it was a funny funny part of my life that I wanted to share with other people in hopes that they would get a giggle out of it and it and they did so that's all I wanted to do was my shame and um, embarrassment brought somebody else joy and the giggles so I'm, I'm so pleased yeah do you know what the greatest movie of all time is hold on we have you've asked this question before and now we're both having deja vu um Hold on. Um, Princess Bride. It's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Shoot. I was so close. Yeah, yeah I know. I've, I've heard Who Framed Roger Rabbit from you. But the reason is because I, I watched this movie, I don't know, four or five times in the theater when I was in the ninth grade. And I was this scrawny little, like, nobody, kind of like Roger. And um, he, of course, he ends up with Jessica, who is this yeah. you know, bombshell of a cartoon character. And she, uh, the, the Bob Hoskins character, Eddie Valiant asks her later in the movie, like, what do you see in this guy? And she goes, he makes me laugh. Uh-huh. And I just thought that was the most amazing thing ever. So if you, if you get to tell your story and it makes people laugh, yeah. like, I think it's, uh, I think it's amazing. Yeah. And you hear my- yeah, you ought to feel really good about that. Thank you. We will, we can go ahead and leave all the background noise in here of my animals. Can you hear my dogs just, just living their life? Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Literally. Uh, makes me laugh. Yeah. I I dated a lot of unattractive, like conventionally physically unattractive men because they made me laugh. And 
Those it are, was, I remember. I wonder if they listen to the podcast. What's that? Like, oh, yeah. It'd be funny if they listen to the podcast and they're like, that's me. That's me. She's talking about I'm me. I'm the conventionally unattractive guy yeah. that Laura dated well, way back were, when. I mean, let's be honest. I actually didn't date much before my husband. So it means that they were 14, which all human beings are conventionally unattractive. Like you are in yeah, your gangly okay. cult phase and you look awkward. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's talk about something important. Uh, first and foremost, you we need to celebrate you. And I was you were in like a special place yesterday because you were being kind to me via text message, and not I was? yeah, but not sarcastic. Um, you just certified as a as an RLT therapist, which is pretty neat. I did. Yeah, I got my news yesterday. I got my email uh, saying that I passed all my stuff. I jumped through all my hoops yep. and I learned all my stuff. And I felt really good about it. Like it was, uh, I gave myself a year and I went back and double checked. I paid for my onboarding on July the 31st Whoa. of 2022. Whoa. And I submitted my final review on the 30th. Mm-hmm. So I took, I submitted inside of a year, but they didn't let me know until just yesterday. Yeah. So it was a little over, like it was a year. That's pretty but, awesome. Um, but yeah, it feels really good. And I feel smarter. I actually really feel mm-hmm. smarter. And, and, uh, uh, I don't know if smarter is actually the right word. I feel like I'm actually a better therapist for for having gone through that over the last year. And and a big part of that was actually taking one of the workshops as a client, which I think was yeah. really powerful. Like I learned a ton about how to do the therapy, right. but I actually sort of received it. And that was more powerful, more beneficial to me, I think, than a lot of what I learned. No disrespect to all of what I learned. It's a very thorough program. And it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of interaction. And um, so I was, but no, I feel, I feel really good. It feels like I pat myself on the back and you got to pat me on the back. And yeah. some of our other friends, my, my other friends that were in it with me, there's five, there's a group of five in particular that we kind of finished, we crossed the finish line together. Yeah. And I'm the first of those five to finish. And so they were all giving me whoop boops and all that Woo-boops. stuff. So, yeah. Um, really amazing gifts. I gifts. Not gifts. GIFs. Yeah, yeah. yeah G- GIFs. <laughs> GIFs, GIFs, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. It, this just dawned on me, though, because uh, I have some similar things going on in my life where you kind of feel maybe like a little stuck, a little worn down. Maybe you've gotten into a rut. Maybe nothing really sparks joy. And I think what happened yesterday, what I experienced from you at least was you were proud of yourself and you're like, Hey, check this out. Like I did something and I accomplished it and I'm really pumped. And I was really glad that you came to me. Uh, that was a moment that I had, which I was like, wow, I'm one of his people that yeah, he comes to totally. at least professionally and yeah. says, look at what I've accomplished. And I put a lot of hard work into, which I know you've put a lot of hard work into it. Um, but I was just thinking about this as you were talking of like, how, how important a win is for people. Just a win, whether it be something small, like I've got probably three things on my to-do list that have been on my to-do list for the last year and a half, Mm -hmm. maybe three. (laughs) My tabs on my car, by the way, are expired by three years. Jeez. I know. How do you guys ever trust to listen to me if I can't even like get my truck in to get the tabs renewed? That would Um, never happen to me, but primarily because I have OCD and like if a mail comes into my house, I have to immediately figure out what to do with it. You do your taxes like January 1st. It's great. Or before then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually done by the middle of February for sure. And it's, I mean, there's just a couple of things that are sort of on there, but as far as getting a win or, um, you know, I mentioned my lady pack of women, we're all training for the same half iron man, 
we're all in different places and we're trying to rally each other up because some of us have kind of fallen into a bit of a rut where maybe we rolled our ankle and thought it was broken and we haven't been able to run on it. Uh Or maybe we've been traveling a lot and we haven't been able to, you know, psychologically get ourselves back up. But it's just how important that wind is. Yeah. And I don't know. I and I had a great conversation with uh, my brother-in-law, brother, I guess that's his title. I don't know. Um, And I was trying to understand his daily effort of what does it look like to kind of rally himself for the day? What is it? What what helps him to feel accomplished? He has this whole process he goes through. And while I was on my walk this morning, I was really thinking, I was like, how could I utilize some of that to rally myself, to get a win every single day? Um, And that's kind of what he was talking about last night when I said, so what's the purpose of this? And he said, because when I check all of the boxes, I know that I accomplished and got everything done in that box that I needed to get done. And that's a win. And I'm a good guy because of it. I was like, okay, that's great. So he finishes out his day reviewing all the wins that he got so that he Mm -hmm. can then start over the next day and get more wins. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just kind of the first thing that came to my mind is like, what a win you got yesterday. And I hope that you're able to ride the win for a while until you have your next win. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like I said, I feel, I feel really... I don't know. It feels like, uh, yeah, no, I, I really do feel like it was, it's cool to have that done and to feel like, oh yeah, I, I gave myself a year. I did it. That means you just can do stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it just like, I don't know, proof that you, but I think again, the biggest part for me is it's almost just a, it's almost just like a, like a little rubber stamp on that. I actually have grown and learned, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's not simply that I that I cleared a hurdle. It's like, oh no, this is evidence indeed that I am, I am uh, more equipped than I was a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking about things differently. I mean, you totally. and I both have this like modality that is, serves as a framework that we've been using for quite a while. But it mm-hmm. is so nice to just kind of get yourself outside of that framework and mm-hmm. just layer on the tools. Now you have like a. It would describe it as like a more flexible mind, a way that you can kind of go either direction and view a problem or relationship in a much different way. Yeah. And I can, I can make it actually a little more clear because I think um, what's been really appealing to me about this process, again, it's called relational life therapy and it's Terry's, Terry Real is kind of the founder of relational life therapy. And he has this phrase that he uses all the time, which he says he has other modalities or other therapies will teach you how to use tools. We work with the part of you that won't use the tools. Mm. So the Gottman method, fantastic, tons right. of tools, right. really well, yeah. uh, like re- supported and are, and understood through therapy, but it presumes that couples or that people are ready to, to do the work. Yeah. And RLT doesn't start with that presumption. RLT mm-hmm. says, let's, let's evaluate the readiness and see where you're at. And that has to do with childhood trauma and it has to do with like just presence and awareness and is your functional adult there? And um, I don't know, it's, it's a really good uh, like, like I wouldn't just collect certifications. I'm glad to have two that kind of balance each other out quite a bit. Yeah. You know? So that's interesting. Is there a point at which you're utilizing RLT and you're giving tools? Like, is there a, Part. Oh yeah, totally. In fact, a lot of the tools are very, very similar. Okay. Um, they have one, for example, that they call that in RLT is called the feedback wheel, which is a, looks a lot like soft startup. Um, but it, it definitely, there's a lot of emphasis on kind of what we talked about last week, this idea of that, um, I make up stuff. 
Yeah. So what I make up is da, 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 right. not this is what happened. This is what I felt. It's sort of like I'm taking responsibility for what I made up. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a really good example. Um, I don't know for sure if I wrote you yesterday with kindness and without sarcasm. I'm okay. not sure. I can hardly remember what I wrote. But you made up, yeah. you made up that I wrote you with kindness and sarcasm and that changed your day and it changed me. Like, cause if you made up that I was being sarcastic, yeah, you could have snarked back at me it and all have. of a sudden we've kicked into that cycle. Yeah. But if you made up that I was being kind and I was proud and I was humble, um, then you didn't give me the opportunity. I, I've been saying this to clients a lot lately, which is, I, I don't know, this blew my mind the other day when it came out of my mouth. I was talking about this exact same thing. Um, if you make up about your partner that they're problematic, that they're critical, that they are nagging you, you're casting them in that role. Right. Right. If you cast them in that role, you're automatically casting yourself in a role. Now that I've called you critical, I have to cast myself in the role of defensive. Mm. If I cast you in the role of full of desire, struggling with something, trying to articulate what you need, but not doing it very well, if I cast you in that role, as a result of the exact same behavior. Mm-hmm. Now I cast myself in the role of the hero, the person who can help, the person who can participate. And okay. then I just said, never mind the other person. What role do you want to play? Oh, I like that. Do you want to play the defensive person? Mm-hmm. Is that the role you want to play? Or do you want to play the hero? I want to play the hero. Of course Ooh. you do. Yeah. So why don't you cast your partner in the role of they're just trying to figure it out and they need help. Yeah. And I'm the only one who can do that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's that sort of thing that sort of is you're invited to sort of consider what you make up mm-hmm. um, kind of all the time. And, and so in my work, I'm, I'm, I'm willing and able and ready to offer tools only if we can all agree that they are interested and prepared and capable of using them. Yeah. Um, and if not, we have to take our foot off the gas. We have to back up a little bit mm-hmm. and, um, and it's a little bit of a dance. It's a little, a little bit in and a little bit out, a little mm-hmm. bit in and a little bit out, because it doesn't do you any good to equip people with tools that, you know, they're just going to go home and put on a shelf because they're still, you know, super pissed Yeah. Uh, or they're super trapped still in their 14 year old, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> conventionally unattractive cult phase. So our trying team to prove something. <laughs> might be a really good tool or a really good modality. How about that? If folks have gone to therapy before and they've hit roadblocks or they've just felt like, ah, oh, I'm not ready. My husband. Yeah. He likes to say that a lot too. He says, you know, by the time people get to RLT, they've been to four five, six therapists right. and, um, and so now they finally come and they go, oh, yeah. and they get this light shined on them that the, that there's this other piece of work that has mm-hmm. to be done. That's just sort of in the way. It's just in the way. Yeah. And I will be really honest with folks, too, when it comes to Gottman Method, when I've been working with couples is I work with conventionally very healthy couples, meaning uh-huh. they've they're also oftentimes in their own individual therapist. So they're they have some insight, some awareness. Typically, they are not struggling with an, another comorbidity. So, uh, I mean, anxiety and depression, I think, just kind of skirt all human beings a little bit yeah. from time yeah. to time. But when I talk about not dealing with another comorbidity, I'm talking about like a personality disorder. Um, but, and, and I will also say trauma tends to be either at bay or managed or coped with. It's not left just yeah. sort of like lingering that you haven't touched or you're unaware of. So Gottman Method works really, really well for folks who 
have maybe done some work already and they're coming in, they're saying, I'm ready I, and I want to learn some skills. But you're saying if you haven't done that or you know that these other things are present, come to uh, do RLT. Uh, not necessarily. I'm just saying like you kind of just need to do both, right? You need to understand that it's not simply possessing tools. It's possessing the awareness about how to use them. And knowing that whether you walk into a seat, a, a Gottman therapist or an LT therapist or an EFT therapist or a PAC therapist or whatever is just going to accelerate and make your work more efficient. Period. Mm. Okay. You know, I am so pumped to tell you about a product that my family has been using weekly this year, Factor Meals. Now, even though I do love to cook and get creative in the kitchen, this is sacred time that I rarely get anymore. And that's why I've enlisted the help of Factor Meals. So Factor Meals are freshly prepared, never frozen, zero prep meals at your fingertips in literally just two minutes. That's all it takes to reheat. So here's how Factor Meals go in my household. I will get a shipment of six fresh meals, all individually packaged. They are beautifully stacked in my fridge at eye level so that they are the first thing that my hubby and child reach for when they're hungry. With both husband and I working from home, we're able to stay on track with our keto meal plan by lunching with Factor Meals. And my always hangry kiddo will often have a Factor Meal after school instead of a face full of chips. I'm telling you, it is no wonder that Factor is America's number one ready to eat meal kit. Each week, you have 35 different meals to choose from, whether it be keto or vegan or dairy-free or low-cal, Factor has got you covered. Head over to factormeals.com slash MTR50. Use the code MTR50 to get 50% off. That's MTR50 at factormeals.com slash MTR50 to get 50% off. We had a question come in, and this might just be a natural segue because I know that we do have professionals that listen to this podcast that are just trying to get smarter as individuals, but as well as professionals. Um, so we had a listener write in and say, can you just explain a little bit about what it's like to become a therapist? And I, I did an interview with, uh, oh, Dave and Dan Chip. Heath. Do you remember? Dan Heath. Dan Heath. Thank you. Yeah. Even Chip. I don't know where I'm coming up with this. With Dan Heath, where I got to speak in depth about what it's like to be a, a couples therapist. Yeah. And I think this listener in particular wants to know, like, what does it even take to become a couples therapist? So uh, we can kind of talk a little bit about that, that journey. Um, mm -hmm. I started my journey in 2000 and I want to say seven. When did you okay. start your journey? It was I, 1972. It was 1999 okay. uh, that I started graduate school. Um, wow, you weren't I that started, far behind me. Uh, what did you say? You said, well, what's the difference between 2007 and 1997? So you were eight years. years behind me. Yeah. Well, that's not that's bad because like you are 10 years older <laughs> than me. That's about a decade, yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Hmm. All right. Yeah, no, I started graduate school in 99 and I was a teacher before I was a, before I went to graduate school. Um, what age group did you work with? I was a high school teacher. I was a high school English teacher. You would yeah. have been great. I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible well, because I was so, now you I was young, I was so young and full of like, just like, I'm going to save the world. And I had no awareness of what it meant to be an adult. And these kids were only like, five, I don't know, five years younger than me. I mean, they were, they were older than you. My students were older, or yeah, I had students that were older than you. 
I'm, my brain cannot even do this. I was right less now. than eight years older than my students. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Or less than 10 years older than my students. Yeah. I had a school so, teacher that ends up, now he works for the Seahawks, and he was real cute. And he was probably like five years older than the rest of us Yeah, as like a history teacher. And I just remember being like, this should not be allowed because I'm yeah. hot for teacher. Yeah. Anyway, go on. No, I was too, I was I was an idiot. And so but I went to graduate school to become more equipped as a teacher. Huh. I was like, I'm gonna go learn interpersonal skills and learn therapy skills to take back to the classroom because I don't know, it's kind of the thing. I knew English, I knew how to do content, I knew it all day long. I just couldn't do people. I didn't know how to like do I certainly didn't know how to do young people. And I also had a hard time working with other teachers. Like I just I'm not I'm just not a great collaborator like in a huh. in a corporate or a co- uh, like a team environment mm, i remember um, i remember those days yeah yeah I, so that's true. really interesting i didn't realize that when you went to grad school it wasn't because you wanted to become a therapist it was because mm-hmm. you wanted to learn how to be a better teacher yeah no well, i didn't have backwards. any interest in being a therapist in fact i was like i was sort of anti being a therapist and i was i was the chip i had on my shoulder and and but as I was moving through graduate school, I was, turns out I was pretty good at it. I, uh-huh. I performed, I excelled in the whole piece, but I still didn't, I still didn't like doing individual therapy and in all my practicums and in all my like internships. I was like, I don't want to do this. This is not, I don't want to. You didn't want to work in with this. individuals. No. Yeah. And then, then, then one day this guy brought his wife in huh. to my internship mm-hmm. and I, my body just lit up. Yeah. I just, I like, I was like, oh, this. Yeah. This I can do. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a difference between com- becoming a therapist and becoming a couples therapist. Oh, 100%. It is so if I'm different bag of tricks. Offering something to this listener, I I think I would emphasize that piece. And also, I don't I don't want to say I don't trust, but I think couples therapy is a specialty. So people who do therapy and they're like, we work with anxiety and depression and right. teens and families and yeah. couples and I do eating disorders. Like I just kind of don't trust that. Right. Um, it just... Uh, it doesn't mean they're not a competent therapist. It just means that I think that there's not the emphasis on couples work that is actually required to be uh, transcendent or to transcend you yep. know, the, the individual therapy that you might work. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that you could be a couple, you could be an individual therapist and hopefully through us talking about this a little bit, it gives you kind of a look behind the curtain so that when it comes time for you to say, maybe we should go to a workshop. Maybe we should go see a therapist. You'll have a little bit of more understanding as to what you're looking at because it is hard to navigate. But I think you could probably be a really great individual therapist, even though you uh, have a pretty broad treatment network. So, you mean like capital U or you mean Zach? No, a capital U. Yeah, so big as an individual U, like big therapist, U. Yeah, okay. I think you could be very effective working with yep. depression, anxiety, psych, you know, psychosis, all of the, all the things but I 100% agree that it is completely different when you're doing individual work from when you're doing couples work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the other thing see. I would say too, just kind of along those lines, is if you're in if you're in the world of trying to consider how to become a therapist and it's something that you care about, I think my practice took off when I just put my flag in the ground and said, "This is what I do." Yes. So even if you're not a couples therapist, if you're like the depression guy or right. the postpartum lady yeah. or the or the guy who does ADHD or whatever. Like when you when you become the expert in your field or yeah. the specialist in your field, you naturally rise to sort of top of mind for the community that's around you. Like somebody goes, "Who does good work with ADHD?" and you're like, "Oh, I got one that guy. guy." Yeah. Called that guy. Yep. I think that's a little bit of what you want. It's a risky play because 
we want to cast the broad net and get as many clients as we can or whatever. But yeah. but I think the longer, better play is is having something that you're deeply passionate and skilled at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I had a, an experience kind of similar to you where I now a little different in that I knew the end result was that I wanted to be in private practice. I wanted to be working uh, as my own boss. I didn't want to be in a community agency. I didn't want to be in a hospital. Uh, none of that. Like I was pretty clear as to what the end goal was going to look like. And then I worked backwards. And I, if you're listening and you know, I want to be a therapist, a licensed therapist. I don't want to just go to school because this is something I'm passionate about and I really love reading about it. It's kind of how I did sex therapy. I was like, I love talking about uh-huh. sex. So maybe I'll just uh-huh. go and take some classes and maybe I'll certify. Maybe I won't. Uh-huh. Um, uh so I work backwards, but also there are certified schools. So when you go to a school, it's called Coamfte. It's C-O-A-M-F-T-E, Coamfte. And uh, that's like the governing body that basically says, if you take this course and it's a, a, like a Coamfte certified course, then you will have completed all of the coursework required in order for, in order for you to sit for an exam, in order for you to become licensed. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just one piece of the puzzle. Do you want to know something? What? Uh, I When I sat for my exam, you were the first person that I texted. Like really? when I passed my exam. Yeah. Remember Why we were going to get- Why did you pass your exam after we knew each other? Because when I first met you, I wasn't all in as a therapist. I was still an associate. So I had to pass the exam. Yeah. So I remember we were going to go get boozy milkshakes. Yeah. You were going to buy me a milkshake and there and was I that one spot did. in downtown Seattle yeah, that has uh, like boozy milkshakes. I was and just that was waiting ours. for you to get sober because those are expensive. <laughs> but no, like in terms of like you being one of my per- people in my yeah. network of like wins, I remember that I, I, cause I got my score right away. You take, you sit for the exam and then mm-hmm. they give you the result right away. Cause it's uh, like a, like what they call it? Scantron or something. Yeah. Um, so that's Dang, pretty fun. I had it's no idea. Memory. And also... Who is the person that when you're thinking about, I want to celebrate a win, who's the person that you text? Do you have more than one? That's such a fun thing to think about is like, who's your person that you get excited to share your, your Well, it's Rebecca, but then like professionally, you're definitely at the top of the list. And then of course it was my little group of five people and then, um, uh, a couple other folks. Yeah. Well, that's pretty neat. See, you can still say friends and be snarky with one another. You can still totally. celebrate each other's wins and silently seethe. It's totally fine. Totally. Uh, my experience is I was doing my internship during graduate school. So for for all of you, you have to complete a coursework. And that coursework is like, okay, you've, you require, you've done your required coursework. So you already have to have your bachelor's. If you're going on to get your master's or your doctorate, you complete your coursework that coursework has to align with your ability to sit for an exam. Think of it kind of like, um, what do you call it when you're becoming a, a lawyer? You sit for your... The LSAT. LSAT, sure. Yeah. Uh, no, not the LSAT. The LSAT's prior, isn't it? The bar exam. The bar exam, that's right. So the bar yeah. exam is like the one that you study for, and it's like the cumulative effort of everything that you've learned. You do the same thing as a therapist. But you also have to have like a minimum of I think it's two years of practicing as an associate therapist, which is what Zach was when I first met him. Yeah. Um, Part of my practicing was working with children. And when you work with a child, the kid comes in and the parents say, yeah, they have some behavioral issues, blah, blah, blah. I don't look at the kid and go, why do you have behavioral issues? What's going on with you? I look at the parents and go, what's happening in the home? 
And that is where I was like, I'm done working with kids because this is ineffective. I want to work with the unit that is the home base. That's cool. Yeah. Right. And so I had the opportunity where I was really working with this family. So I would bring this whole family in and we'd sit around the table and the kid would just sit over there and like color. Right. And they're my client. And I would talk to the family and they would come in with all these issues as couple. Right. And talking about, well, he raises his voice and then he leaves the home and then she gets upset, blah, blah, blah. And so then I started immediately doing couples work. And basically threw the internship out the window and said, I'm done with kids. I am only about right. the couple now. Um, I would say uh, with regard to what you just said, I had a really different experience in that my actual graduate school didn't prepare me for the exam at all. Like oh. I didn't, I don't think I learned anything, frankly. Like it was a, it was a fledgling program. It was brand new. It was had different focus, but it wasn't focused on passing the exam, um, which I'm grateful for because I learned a ton about, the art of therapy and yeah. kind of maybe even the theology of therapy. Cause I went to a seminary, but, um, and so I passed my exam because I studied for the exam. Sure. Like I, I just, I studied, like I got a book that said, here's what's going to be on the exam. I, I memorized the book. It was as thick as, you know, yeah. infinite jest. And, um, and then I, um, so I had a little bit of a different experience in terms of the education. <clears throat> but the other thing that's important to say is if you're, if you're kind of thinking about how to become a therapist, it's different in every state. Yeah because there's no national sort of umbrella for therapists. Yep. So you have to be really careful about not only where you, where do you study, but where do you want to live? Yeah. Like if, if I was like, Oh, I'm going to study in Seattle, but I want to live in California. I was in trouble. And get licensed just, in California. It doesn't, it doesn't transfer all the time. That's right. Um, so that's, that's kind of a big deal. But mm-hmm. then, um, but then, yeah, I, I, I passed the exam and then you have this like hoops that you've jumped through to become like actually uh, licensed in your state. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can kind of do whatever you want, you know, in terms of tr- applying for jobs or hanging a shingle or, yeah. you know, just staying on. And then, and then of course there's the part where in order to renew your license every year, year you have to continue to get uh, continuing education credits. Like yeah. that's a, that's part of the gig. So I don't know how in detail we want to go or we're not doing career advice or anything, right. but that's, if people are asking about the path, that's yeah, that's the path as, as I understand it. So just as you became certified just in the last year in a new modality, um, we also have a podcast. We are also uh-huh. teaching for the Gottman Institute and traveling uh-huh. for the Gottman Institute. So uh-huh. it's interesting because while we're saying, here's what we think make a really great couples therapist is if the couples therapist is a specialist in couples therapy, meaning they're not mm-hmm. dabbling in yeah. other things and they just happen to have a couple in from time to time. Or what I will see often is that you start off with an individual in, in and you begin to trust your therapist and individual therapy. And then you say, I really am having some stuff go on with my partner. And they're like, oh, bring your partner in. I'll do some couples therapy. I don't think that's effective either. Um, I mean, I think it can be, uh, it, of course, everything can be effective, but I don't think, I don't think that's the, certainly not the direction I would take. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the gold standard, but. And if it is, I would say, okay, fine. But if we switch to couples therapy, we're switching to couples and therapy. And I cannot go back to seeing you as an yeah. individual ther- client. Yeah. I agree. I think that is really challenging when you try to have that relationship as an individual client of your therapist and you are also seeing the cup, like couple. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is the point I was trying to make is that one, I think the gold standard is if you're going to see a couples therapist, have the couples therapist specialize in couples therapy, not a whole Mm -hmm. lot of other things, Mm -hmm. but on the opposite side, 
have your couples therapist be engaged in other ways of exercising their brain because it can be very easy for <sighs> like what you just said is 100% true is that once you become licensed, you can kind of do whatever you want. And there's mm -hmm. not a ton of overlook, right? Like mm -hmm. I have a private practice and people come in to see me. Everything's confidential. People leave my office and that's mm -hmm. it. And then I don't collaborate with any other therapist. Mm -hmm. I don't teach. I don't read any other books. I don't continue to expand my knowledge. Like there are some requirements that you have to do as far as CEs, but I'll tell you that the process for some people is really easy where they go and they order an online program, they watch a video totally. and then they take a, a test yeah. and they're yeah. just trying to check the boxes. But I think the opposite is true, which is find a couple specialist, but then also find someone who is engaged in the field of couples therapy in many mm -hmm. different ways. Are they teaching? Are they uh, hosting groups? Are they reading books and leading, you know, like workshops? Like how else are they using their brain to grow and mm -hmm. be infused by the system? Notably, um, your, your sex therapy emphasis and the Gottman method and RLT are all postgraduate educational experiences. Yes. They are not part of the requirement. They just happen to be uh, kind of credential builders. Yes. Um, so that is you know, I think an important piece of it too, to continue to develop professionally just beyond your actual graduate school education. Yeah. So I don't, I think it, it's not a horrible thing that if you find yourself becoming uh, a little stargazy at people who you hear on podcasts that are kind of like touring around and where uh, they write a book and you're thinking, well, how good they, could they possibly be, right? Is it just smoke and mirrors? They're probably pretty good. I'll be honest, uh, because in order for you to engage in conversation and do a podcast series or to, uh, you know, teach, um, you have to be in the material and a willing to change and grow. So I, I don't know. I'm yeah. a huge fan of that. If somebody is very uh, one dimensional as I'm just a therapist and I do this, yeah. I would, I would just move on. With, I mean, yeah. I mean, and I think you find a therapist that speaks your language and that you have good rapport with, like that's the, always the beginning period. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, well, maybe that answered some questions, uh, gave maybe. a little, who knows? We just wanted to talk about ourselves today. I, um, I, earlier when we were talking about pride, I, I finally remembered the lyric I was thinking of. It's from a David Brothers song and it's called, it goes, I want to have pride like my mama had and not like the kind in the Bible that makes you bad. Oh, interesting. I was like, that's the kind of what I had. Oh, yeah. I want, I, like, not like the kind that makes you, you know puff up your chest no. and walk around like you're somebody a special but just like yeah you just sort of feel good about yourself mm -hmm. because you gotta win i think yeah. that's allowed so, so well i'm gonna try and make a little list because it'd be kind of fun to have some wins on my back a little bit and then also how to encourage some of my friends and you just finished a half iron man so let's be real i mean i did but i'm that's part of it is i'm feeling very stuck i've got this bum yeah. ankle and i have another one that's slated for five and a half weeks from now so yeah. we'll see if i ever make it there I really yeah. want to. Yeah, but it's not broken. It's not broken. Yeah, that's good. When you say it's not broken, I will tell you that is like the epitome of feeling invalidated. No, I'm only referencing last week because last week you were I like, know. I need to go to the ER and find out if it's broken. Yeah. I don't mean it's not hurt and that you're not suffering. I mean, it's good that it's not broken. Okay. Yeah. I, ex I received Sorry. that. No, I Thank you for... I don't mean to invalidate... Um, by the way, oh man, what, we need to talk about validation sometimes because that is 
that's on my mind a lot. Well, I why is it my job to validate you, and why do I have the power to invalidate you? You, you you're a grown person, whatever. Totally different topic. <laughs> and now I'm talking about my children. And now I'm talking about my children. All right, let's land this plane. Um, Let me oh. say two things. Number one, please, go, if you haven't done it yet, go over to iTunes and give us a review and oh. uh, make sure it's a five star review. If you don't like the podcast, then don't go over and do it. And also, feel free to stop listening. Um, but if you do like it, let some people know we have uh, we have a benchmark that we have to hit to feel good about ourselves and uh, get a win. And so, um, and then also, I can't emphasize enough. Like, I think if you're even kind of thinking about doing a workshop, um, go nice. ahead and see if the dates for the Seven Principles workshop that we're doing in October work for you. There's also Laura's weekly series. Um, I just think it's my own experience of having completed a workshop with my wife was profoundly life-changing and I think uh, it could be for you too. Yeah. So um, talk about uh, a win, right? Yeah, like a really yeah. easy way to get a win in your relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's a day and a half. Momentum. It's super easy and it's yeah. not even the content. It's the fact that you chose to do it. So yeah. if you're on the fence, uh, lock it in, you know, make, pull the trigger. It's I'm, I can't, I just want to encourage you enough as a, as a fellow traveler in the world called in the world of trying to build your relationship. Yeah. So, sorry, it's true. And I'm going to say, I'm going to keep saying it every single week. I love it. Number one, offer us a review. That's going to be really helpful. We have to get over a thousand to clear this one benchmark and we're at 507. So I need 493 of you (laughs) to go give us a five-star review. And, uh, and yeah, and then I need, I don't know, uh, the rest of you just to think about uh, joining us in October or joining our, uh, Laura in the fall. Yeah. Well, here, I'll give you the date. So uh, our weekend intensive, it's not even a weekend. It's a Friday evening and a Saturday. It's October 20th and 21st. Right now, you save money when you register until August 30th. So you have until the end of the month to register. It's $395. Um, you can find that. That's the fall intensive. That's in October but then my fall series, same content. It's just rather than doing it over the course of a weekend, you get to do it with me every evening, um, Wednesday evening. And by do it, I mean, do the workshop series. Come on, guys. And that starts September 13th. So it's every Wednesday. No one's mine went there except for yours. <laughs> um, and you can register online as well. I actually only have about four seats remaining for the fall series. So get on that. Um, the sale ends August 13th. So when this episode comes out, you only have a couple of days to make that decision. You can find all of that on marriagetherapyradio.com. All right, let's land it. You got it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Again, we are super excited to have you here and, and we would love for you to give us an iTunes review. We appreciate the time that you take for that. And please remember that we are here for you in October for our weekend intensive, October 20th and 21st. In case we didn't make it clear, this is virtual. So wherever you are listening around the world, please join us. Um, And then also the weekly series, Wednesday evenings for about an hour and 15 minutes. We'll cover all the same content. It's just spread out over the fall from September 13th through November 1st. You can register online, marriagetherapyradio.com. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.